Kicking off a week two edition of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr. I'm Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm JB Long. The Rams can start 2-0 for the first time since 2001. Yes, the first time since 2001. They're teed up with a three-game homestand that opens up Sunday at the Coliseum against the Arizona Cardinals, who they throttled in two games away from L.A. last year, London and in Phoenix. New look Cardinals, new leadership, new quarterback. We'll get to Sam Bradford and his rivalry with and Dominic and Sue during this edition of Rams All Access. First, your reactions, gentlemen, to the Monday night football victory in Oakland. Um, you know, first of all, uh, I, I thought great halftime adjustments, uh, but the Rams truly sh- like showed the world that they they are the best team in the league. When you look at everyone else, there were some big scores, the Jets beating the Lions, there was the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers and the Saints, but that second half dominant was amazing to shut a team out and then score 23 unanswered. I mean, that is something that you rarely see in this league. The old line was great. Todd Gurley is a man among boys. Um, I, I want to see more Brandon Cooks. Uh, tremendous. Uh, just the guys that we, we had doubts about or question marks that we didn't know that much about or how this whole not playing in the preseason was going to play itself out on Monday night. I, I think it went according to plan. Uh, John Gruden had a plan that you weren't really sure about, and then you adjusted to it. Like you said, you made the adjustments, and you came back and got the W. So not only are they good, they're resilient. Um, That's a championship team in the making, as long as you can stay the course. Now the question, can they take a step forward at home, at the Coliseum? 3-5 and last year, 4-11 and since relocating to Los Angeles in regular season home games. A really daunting home schedule that features some of the best of the best in the NFC. This looks like a winnable one against an Arizona Cardinals group that was flat in their home opener against Washington. First, let's get the take of the head coach and his quarterback, Jared Goff, on why the Rams have not had as much success at the Coliseum. I think it's really you just got to play better. You know, I, I don't think it has anything to do with being at, on the road or at home. I think it was, you know, each game is kind of its individual story where you really look at it. I mean, a couple of those games where you play a really good team in New Orleans and you find a way to get a great win. You play, you know, the Super Bowl champs in Philadelphia and go toe-to-toe with them. So I think there was a lot of different reasons, and really each game you kind of just try to look at it. All right, what was the reason why we didn't get it done? Um, you know, certainly that that's a part of it, but I think there's a lot of reasons why, you know, we weren't able to, you know, have quite a success as a record at home as we were um, on the road, but you know, I don't. I think the biggest thing is you want to do a good job playing well in front of our fans, and hopefully, we uh, continue to try to give them a good product that they can be proud of, and that they want to come out and support us. Last year, you look at our record, and it was better on the road than it was at home, and and why that is, I'm not sure. Um, maybe it's the opponent, maybe it's the prep, maybe it's you know just the game. I don't think it has anything to do with being in the Coliseum per, per se, but uh, we love playing at home, love playing in front of our fans, and. Hopefully this year can give them more wins than we did last year and uh, send them home happier than they were last year. That brings us to this week's Rams All-Access poll question. How many regular season home wins in 2018? Regular season home wins against a schedule that goes Arizona, the Chargers, Minnesota, Green Bay, Seattle, Philadelphia, and San Francisco, not counting the home game against Kansas City south of the border. Uh Five was the most popular answer. 39% said a 5-2 and two home mark. Uh, six garnered 28% of the vote, 7-20. So only 13% thought four or fewer home wins. Uh, how confident are you that the Rams can leverage the Coliseum crowd to their advantage this fall? Very. Uh, depending on who you're playing, what can't you defend? What can't? Who can't you score on? Green Bay is scary because of Aaron Rodgers, but I think you have the equalizer there and a hell of a pass rush. 
when you got Aaron Donald back. Even without Aaron Donald, I think you get enough heat to at least disrupt him. But that could go either way. So I, I'm more in the six to seven wins uh, for this football team at home. There should be no reason why you you shouldn't. You're one of the better teams in the league. I, I mean, the only, I really when you talk about Philadelphia, they traveled really well that that game, and partly was because it was a two week stay. They were in L. A. with the Chargers, then they just went up the road a little bit and came to the Coliseum. They had a big fan base there, and it was it was pretty loud in that situation. They had, it, the atmosphere was kind of built more towards the Eagles fans. But at the end of the day, I think this team is much better than they were last year. I think this team is prepared, and they have different personalities that can handle those situations. Um, I, I, certain teams that we will play at home, like the Minnesota Vikings have gotten better, the Eagles have gotten better, the Packers are better just because they they have Aaron Rodgers. But they're not a, some of these teams aren't complete teams. And, and, and the key to the Rams, I think, having a great home record, having a great record period, is, is staying healthy. And that's no doubt. The key. And, Nick and so, Foles owes the Rams a lot of money. Twice, right? Once they paid him. Two, they knocked out Carson Wentz so he can start in the Super Bowl and become the guy. <laughs> Nick owes the L.A. Rams a debt of gratitude. You know, I think McVay's point is well taken. I, we all feel this way. It has far more to do with the matchup and the circumstances and the injury report and the performance than it does home or away yeah. or you know, the right. sound of the crowd or anything like that. I mean, Maurice, you've already pointed this out a couple of times. Minnesota coming here on a short week from the central time zone, like that factors heavily into Thursday night football upcoming and, and some other things. But I do think uh, in this regard, it's important. As the Rams try to entrench themselves again here in Los Angeles, their home audience, the ones that pay for parking and tickets and devote the hours on Sunday, deserve to see their best product. And as wonderful as last year was winning eight games away from the Coliseum, my only regret, aside from not going deeper in the playoffs, was that the home audience at the Coliseum didn't always get to see the Rams' best product. I hope that changes no matter the circumstances uh, this year. Preparation was one of the things that Goff talked about there. Uh, I don't think this is in any way in response to preparing for a home game, but I did notice that Sean McVay gave his team Wednesday off after the Monday night football. Short week, but he gives them Wednesday off between weeks one and two. What do you make of that, and how do you think the locker room feels about catching an early day off this early in the season? No, I mean, you have to do that. You have to give your guys an opportunity to, to heal up a little bit. Normally it's their Tuesday after a Sunday game. So all he did was, all right, we'll come in Tuesday, run, stretch a little bit, Wednesday off, we'll have a short week. And they'll probably keep a similar game plan going forward. Um, and, and, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, this team is going to present different challenges that we'll get into throughout the course of this show. Uh, but I think they're prepared and ready to go for it. DeMarco, you feel good if you're uh, coming off a Monday night football win and your head coach says, you know what, not just veterans, but everybody, off your feet Wednesday, we're just going to walk through. We're sharp enough that we can handle this on a show. Oh, yeah, even if you gave me a victory Monday or Wednesday, I'm still coming in. i got to watch film, I'm going to lift, and I would bet that 80% of the team would show up, maybe even more. You know, I mean, days off are great, you're happy when he says it, but you're going to want to be at the facility. All right, so to come on Rams All Access, we'll go inside Cardinals territory for the local reaction to the egg that they laid in week one against Washington. But our next couple segments, Indomitian Sue gets a rookie center this week. Will he feast? And Chandler Jones versus Andrew Whitworth, becoming perennially one of the great matchups to watch when the Rams and the Cardinals get together. More to come on Rams All Access, ESPN LA. A J-Rock pregame on Sunday at the Coliseum. Get there early, see a little on-field concert before the Rams host the Cardinals. And J-Rock kind of laying out how the Rams hope this homestand goes, right? Three straight at the Coliseum. Wow. This is getting big time. 
right? I mean, concerts before the game? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Started with the Peppers, then you got Snoop, now you got J-Rock. This is fun, man. It's a spectacle. Uh, could be a big day for Endomic and Sue. Uh, he settles into this uh, Rams front, and we'll hear from Sean McVay about how he thought his defense played uh, in this segment. But I single Sue out for a couple of reasons. One, because he's on record saying that he looks forward to facing Sam Bradford, who will be behind center, and against whom Sue has his only career interception back from their rookie year. Uh, but also because Mason Cole will start filling in uh, because center A.Q. Shipley for the Cardinals, a season-ending knee injury this summer. So in his second career NFL appearance, Mason Cole, uh, the third-round draft pick out of Michigan, sees... 93 and 99. <laughs> Enjoy that, son. Welcome to the NFL. A little bit different look than the Raiders presented with their interior three last No week. doubt. A little bit lighter, a little bit easier, so to speak. Uh, they should dominate, and Sue and Donald and, and company should be warmed up now. Uh, it was a hell of a sparring partner week one on Monday night against that offensive line. And they gave as good as they got. Uh, this will be a little bit different. I have no doubts they will dominate this offensive line. Up and down, run and pass. Maurice, after they got, say, the first half of sample size, really after they got the first drive, what would you make of not just halftime adjustments, but the way the Rams flipped their defensive script, going more zone. You talked about corners over during the course of that game. I mean, adjusting to Jared Cook, who went off, but no one else got anything, especially on the perimeter. Well, you know, the biggest thing is this. Uh, I saw Aqib Tlaib at uh, the network the other day, and he came in on a Tuesday. He was doing... Uh, one of the shows and he was talking about how they were, they were trying to force Derek Carr to challenge the corners. And so he wouldn't do it in the first half. And that's why Jared Cook got so much, uh, rightfully so. You, you see a matchup, you like you, you go out and exploit it. But when they went over and they started running their cover two out of a man look, which when I say man, that means corners travel with wide receivers, linebackers go with backs and tight ends and they started running zone out of it. It, it became something that Carr had never seen. So he started to hold the ball a little bit longer and he couldn't get out as quick. And I tell you what, when that pass rush started to match that back end, I mean, it was total dominance. And so I think this week, you know, you're going to try to game plan for that. And you can try to say, okay, like if we see this, there's little tails, you're going to try to find them. But if you can't find those and you hold the ball too long, and we saw that with Ndamukong Sue, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, it becomes a dogfight in that middle. And with going against one of the best interior fronts, the Rams still dominated that matchup. I mean, holding penalties, uh, hitting the quarterback, getting all those different things they were doing. Uh, it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty Im- impressive to see how they, they're able to like kind of match how Wade Phillips is able to match some of the stuff he did week one with week two. You know, Wade likes to blitz, has a blitzing reputation, but with this group, if we learned anything from week one, it's that four is enough. Those four are enough. You can drop seven, you can play coverage. Yeah, you can blitz and play man behind it, but I mean, if Brockers, Sue, Donald and an outside linebacker like Abukam are getting there. Can you just sure uh, play base? If you if you don't have to blitz, then don't. Uh, but if your corners and your linebackers are doing a pretty good job against their receivers and tight ends and running backs, if they're locking up one on one, I bet he starts to send people because hits on quarterback are big, especially with this guy. One shot could be the the one that puts him out, and then you got the backup in, and the game's pretty much yours. So. If he feels comfortable with coverage, if he feels like he can take those gambles and send a guy towards the quarterback, linebackers included, or safeties, possibly pop a guy home to get to Sam Bradford, I don't see Wade Phillips holding back, even if the front four is getting after I was going to say, the key for me is Mark Barron. Can Mark Barron come back and cover the tight end? I mean, John Johnson, third, did a great job. 
but I feel more comfortable with Mark Barron, a bigger body, a little bit more agile, a little more athletic to go out there and, and cover a tight end, which we've seen him do last year. If he's able to come back, now who are you going to throw the ball to? Because now John Johnson can fit in the uh, play the whole player in their cover one, and it's a wrap. The way the Rams covered for Barron's absence in week one was with a combination of Rameek Wilson, especially on early rundowns, and then Marquis Christian. We've yes. seen him kind of come down from the safety level to play linebacker in some of the sub packages. Uh, we'll see Baron Sass a little bit later on this week as he hopes to make his 2018 debut. That being said, Ricky Seals-Jones had some nice moments as a rookie, but an undrafted player, not exactly Jared Cook, playing his former team. Well, he's a, he's a wide receiver, and so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put that tag on him just because it's like when you go against Jordan Reed, like. Jordan Reed's not a tight end because he doesn't block. He plays wide receiver, so put that wide receiver tag on him. His number's 86. Uh, I think Sills Jones' number's, what, 89? Um, like his physical his number? His physical number, yeah. Uh, he's 86. Oh, Jermaine he, Gresham didn't play last week. Okay, he so, 84. So he's 86. 86 is a receiver this week. And, and anytime <laughs> right. we see him. Yeah. Because if he's in there trying to inline block, we're going to dominate him. That's easy. That, that right. We win that matchup. The matchup, we, we, we may have... Our, uh, we may have a disadvantage to him lining up a wide receiver, him matched up on a linebacker. So we're going to treat him as a receiver every every week. There's certain guys that you have to designate each week and change your game plan because those guys present a different type of matchup problem. And you have to treat David Johnson as a as receiving a, back, which he's got. A, I mean, Jalen Richard did well. Yeah. I mean, the Rams almost dictated to the Raiders that hey, that, that was beast, beast mode is over. Keep that in the first half. You got to go to Richard because of the scoreboard and because of the defense we're playing. Uh, David Johnson behind Derek Coleman, a fullback. Uh, definitely as capable, more capable than Jalen Richard this week. So maybe I, less I, of a tight end concern, more of a tailback concern. I think in the passing game, yes, uh, they'll they'll line him up out wide. They'll try to get him the ball in space. Uh, running the ball, not I don't I don't think that he. I think he's going to have another day like he did last week. Do you want to get uh, Sean McVay's thoughts on Corey Littleton wearing the green dot, starting in the middle for the first time, and also Samson Abukam, who we highlighted during our broadcast as having an impressive week one at Oakland. I, I think both those guys were extremely active. Uh, you know, Samson did a great job rushing off the edge. I thought he did a good job making a bunch of TFLs. Uh, you could feel his presence, and, and he's a he's a guy that's continuing to get better and better. Whether it's rushing, whether it's playing in some coverage things, understanding the nuances of the defense. And I thought Corey was excellent. You really feel his speed and his instincts show up. You know, on the toss play to the perimeter where he's able to race to the edge when we had an inside fire zone, and he ends up making a tackle right there and uh, makes the pick. You know, so he's a guy that you know, I want to say he had fourteen. You know, by our coach's charts, you know, 14 solo tackles, uh, his communication. And I thought really what says as much as anything is uh, that it was a tough start, a lot of, un, you know, un, kind of, you know, unprepared for looks where you weren't really sure. His ability to settle in, in addition to our coaches and then his teammates, I thought was a real credit to him and, and their ability to be able to work through some tough things. And that's why you play two halves. And I thought he did a great job the other night. Yeah, a couple of the seven new defensive starters to open that game when you include Dom Easley playing a new role in Wade Phillips' system. Of course, Sue, Tlaib, Peters, Abukam, Wilson in for Barron and Corey Littleton. So not just getting a sense of what Gruden wanted to do, especially beyond his 15 scripted plays, but also just playing together for the first time. I think it was more about, if you're going to use the word rust, I think it had more to do with the defensive starters getting aligned together for the first time and getting calls in than Goff in the offense. Well, I, I like what Coach McVay said about Samson Abukam. I mean, when you can just hear the call, and know your responsibility without thinking. Then you can just be a football player and be, be, instinct, be instinctive. You've played this game a long time. You know how to attack ball and go get ball. But when you have to sit and think about what your responsibility is, you're going to be a half-step slow. I, I think that's the quickness you're seeing out of Samson Abelcom. He's, he's just reacting and playing ball now. 
Still to come on Rams All Access, we'll go four down territory inside Arizona Cardinals territory for the latest from this week's NFC West opponent. But in our next segment, the impact of Brandon Cooks making his Rams debut. Is it 11 personnel or bust for this year's Rams offense? Back with DeMarco and JD. This is JB Long and this is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. Yeah, they did a great job, man. They did really, really good and, um, didn't really notice it until the end of the game. I looked down, I got nothing on my jersey and, um, they kept me clean. No, no hits really aside from the one where I was scrambling around. Um, even just post throw hits, none of that really. There was, it was all clean all night and, uh, can't say enough about how tremendous they were and how tremendous I expect them to be this year. They've been great. Uh, Jared Goff beginning year three with a clean night, as he said, from his offensive line. In fact, four out of the five pieces on the Rams' offensive line were responsible for owning uh, starting O-line spots on PFF's Offensive Team of the Week. Only the center, the exception there. So good job, especially at right guard by Austin Blythe. Wow. One holding call I mean, knocks you out of that. He doesn't seem like <laughs> like he has intentions of giving that job back to Javon Brown after this week. No, I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages to both guys. Uh, the advantage for Javon Brown is he's huge. When he gets together with that double team with Rob Havenstein, you have no choice but to move. If if they knock you off the football, they're going to knock you off the football. Now, as far as pass protection, Austin Blythe is there. I mean, he absolutely stones guys. He has great technique. So it's a great luxury to have two guys for one spot that can play there. This league is always about opportunities, right? And they, they present themselves different ways. A, a, a vet, a Wiley vet one told me, opportunities aren't earned, they're given. And this is an opportunity that was given by Jamon Brown, obviously being suspended. Blythe comes in. If you play well in this line, I mean, blocking, run blocking, he was getting pancakes. He was doing his job, pass protection. You just heard Jared talk about it. You know, you you may now, being Jamon, just these two games may force you to play a backup role this year. Good news is this is the last week that the Rams will have to cover for being a man down along their offensive line. They're rolling with just two rookie backups for this Week 2 contest against the Cardinals. Then you get Brown back in the mix, and chances are you may need all eight of those guys at some point to survive this season. Well, this is the week I'd love to have Jermon Brown because of Kim Dietschy. Oh, yes. that, that's a power lifter playing ball, Who man. finally delivered for the Cardinals. It's yeah. been a long time coming, but he's coming off a career week. He's healthy, and he passes the look test. He is an absolute beast out there. He is explosive, especially on the run. So you'd like a little a heavier option at guard. But, I mean, look, you don't have to take that guy nose-to-nose. And I would doubt that Sean McVay or Aaron Cromer would teach his guys to do that. I, I think there's going to be ways to take him out without actually having to go nose-to-nose with him. Andrew Whitworth, the top-graded tackle in the NFL in Week 1. Havenstein was top four as well, albeit Khalil Mack was in Chicago, not in Oakland. Chandler Jones will be at the Coliseum this weekend. Jones has at least one sack in all five career games against the Los Angeles Rams. How do you evaluate Jared Goff's performance? Good, not great, but turnover-free and enough to let his pieces do the work? Turnover-free is always the number one. That's the first key. Like, okay, you didn't turn the ball over. If we're going to nitpick, we missed on too many deep balls. We had too many shots that we taken that were a little overthrown. The timing was off just a little bit, and you expect that in the first game because you have adrenaline flowing, right? And practice is not that. In practice, you could throw it up, looks good, they'll run underneath it. But when you got live rushes, guys running at you, you get a little, you're gonna put a little bit more. You show some arm strength, which was good, but you want to connect on those deep passes. And then in the red zone, we talked about off air, you got to hit the open guy. The guys that are gonna come open, you have to make sure that you don't just key in on one guy i.e. Cooper Cup, and you, you kind of spread it around a little bit to everyone else uh, because guys are coming open, and that is an, an area 
where the Rams need to improve is the red zone and, and their deep ball connection. Rams inside the Raiders 25 times on Monday Night Football settled for field goals on three of those trips. Uh, getting the tight end involved may be an option to improve in the red zone. The Rams were the only team in the NFL that did not complete a pass to a tight end in the opening week of the season. In fact, they didn't even target a tight end against the Oakland Raiders. Everett only played five snaps. Munt only played two. Uh, is this 11 personnel or bust? I mean, is this just the McVay Rams early era identity? Because Woods, Cup, Cooks, they played 97% of offensive snaps. I mean, why not? Why come out of 11? Uh, until somebody talks you out of it, it's working for you. I think Todd Gurley functions better in 11. Uh, there's, there's so many different ways to move the football around or to take the focus off him. And then he can either attack traditionally, running the football, or out of the backfield. So, at some point, that tight end, or at least you're going to have targets towards that tight end. You, the tight end is going to play a big factor in some series, some drive, or some game. Uh, hopefully, it's this week. I don't know which guy it's going to be. It could be Higby. It could be ever. It could be Mund. Who knows? But at some point, when you're playing 11, that tight end has to play a factor in the game. Easiest way to fix red, fix red zone woes? Run the ball. I was going to say, score before you get there. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and they sure tried with Brandon <laughs> Cooks, didn't they? They sure I mean, did. Uh, he leads the Rams in receptions and receiving yardage in his debut, and he has an equivalent number, 87 yards worth of pass interference flags accepted. That's a bad little dude, man. He is. His body control is unbelievable. Watching him practice and warm up and then seeing that translate to game day is amazing. Because guys, look, you've seen people that look great in practice and then – when they get to Sunday, they don't look the same. At this all. guy looks exactly the same as he does on the practice field. Do you make a difference to you? Oh, a huge difference. He, he runs every route and route tree, and that's what makes him special. Coming up next, we've got a four-down territory with Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Arizona Cardinals. Plus, we'll go inside the numbers and around the division before we are done. Not only did the Rams pick up the only win, they also scored the most points and allowed the fewest on the opening weekend of action in the National Football League among NFC West teams. They host the Cardinals, the first of three straight home games at the Coliseum this Sunday. Hope you'll join us. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. All right, time to go four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. And joining us from ESPN NFL Nation is reporter Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Josh, welcome to Rams All Access again this year. What was the reaction locally to the egg that the Cardinals laid in week one? A lot of fear that this could be, um, you know, a season-long issue. I think there's a lot of hype, a lot of expectations, a lot of hope with first-year coach Steve Wilkes, and they basically, like you said, they laid a massive egg against a team they should have not lost by 18 points to. So fans here aren't um, aren't optimistic at this point. How long is Sam Bradford's leash with uh, first-round pick Josh Rosen, a UCLA Bruin, waiting in the wings? I think it's longer than people think. I, I I don't expect him to be pulled for performance any time in the first half of the season. I think if he if if Rosen gets a shot to play through before week week nine or ten, I think it's going to be because Sam Bradford got hurt. But I think they're going to ride with him. I mean, he's still a very good quarterback when he's when he's healthy. Obviously, he didn't show it in week one, and I think part of that was because there was some you know so a learning curve, and I don't think the play calling was. Um, I don't think the play calling did him any favors. So I don't expect Rosen to play because of performance anytime soon. Josh Weinfist covers the Cardinals for ESPN's NFL Nation. He's with us on Four Down Territory. Question number three, rookie center Mason Cole gets another start this week. Is he up to the task of facing Sue and Donald? 
you know, it's funny. Sam Bradford loves him. He thinks Mason Cole is one of the smartest players he's ever played with, regardless of age. But how much will that matter when he's facing Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald right in his grill? I don't know. It might not matter much. I think this is going to be, I think, obviously, the, the hardest assignment of Mason Cole's career. And I, I, I there's going to be a lot of baptism by fire because, you know, having these guys in your face constantly, he hasn't faced anything like that. You know, the Cardinals don't have anybody that's at that level, so he wasn't able to prepare for it. This is going to be – this could be ugly. This could be – um, one of the biggest issues of this game for both sides of the team. Last question here on Four Down Territory with Josh Weinfuss, and it's about David Johnson, who did get his contract extended before the opener. You know, the reaction here in Los Angeles to Todd Gurley's contract extension was one of celebration. How did the Cardinals base feel about giving someone who's a little bit older, coming off an injury, a long-term deal? They felt the exact same way. They were so happy to lock this guy down. This city, this state, they love. David Johnson, everything he represents. He's just, you know, he's just a, a nice young man. And I think people here appreciate that. And honestly, what he did in 2016, having more than 2,000 all purpose yards, that still re- resonates with people. People don't really think too much about the fact that he got hurt in the last two games before the season opener and he missed most of last season. Obviously, it's, it's at the top of mind, but people think that he can come back and continue that success he had in 2016. So a lot of fans here. Um, we're, we're, we're supportive of the team locking him down long term, giving him a $39 million contract that included $30 million guaranteed. So people here like this. Josh, thanks for your time this week. We appreciate your coverage of the Arizona Cardinals on ESPN's NFL Nation. Thanks for having me. So it'll be Sam Bradford behind center for week two against the team that took him number one overall. He got $15 million guaranteed, a contract worth up to 20 this year with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, He was the last Rams quarterback to start back-to-back openers before Jared Goff did so last week. Uh, DeMarco, you remember your time in St. Louis with Sam Bradford. What does it feel like to go up against him for the first time? He's never seen the Rams before, the only NFC team he has not played against. This is funny. 2010, I was was Team Sue. Take the monster out of Nebraska. Keep Mark, uh, keep, um, what was his name? Oh, I can't, the quarterback you had at the time. Keep that one, take Sue, and then you'd never Sean look back. Sean Hill? No, not Sean Hill. Oh, my God, I can't remember his name. Never mind. But anyway, um, Sam Bradford right now is a guy that looks to to me like his stated goal is to win the game. Every quarterback, every starting quarterback says that. But his followed closely by staying healthy. Yes. If you get any sort of pressure on Sam Bradford, like you saw out of Derek Carr, the ball's coming out towards the sideline or to a dead spot, or he's just going to rush the throw. He will not let you get a square shot on him. I mean, it's he's been on the in the training room so long, I think that he is really playing not to get hurt versus playing to win. You were good with Mark Bolger? Mark Bolger, I'm sorry. Continuing yes. on into 20. Yes, I would have said keep Bolger, take Sue, <laughs> and, and not look back. Yes. How about on the defensive side of the football? What do you see from the Cardinals, MJD? They're, they're, they're a young team, but they're very fast. Uh, you obviously have probably... Top three corner and Patrick Peterson on the outside, who who can match up with anyone and, and, and most likely take that person away if he if they choose to do that. I don't know who you're going to take away in this offense, but then you have Reddick, you have Buchanan, fast linebackers who can run sideline to sideline. So that's going to be you know you're going to always going to have a chase guy in this defense, and one of those two will be that guy. So when you're running these stretch plays, you have to make sure you get a body on them because they're smaller. So you got to make sure you get a body on them and put your foot in the ground. It's going to be imperative that Todd stretches and cuts up 
and doesn't pitter-patter his feet because those guys will be flying behind him. The Cardinals haven't gone 0-2 to start a season since 2005. When they lost to the Rams, coincidentally, it was Kurt Warner at quarterback throwing passes to Larry Fitzgerald early in his career. Fitzgerald has tormented the Rams throughout his tenure. Uh, no player has more receptions against the franchise than he does. Uh, new coaches in new places struggling. That was the theme of week one. Seven new coaches, 0-7, including Steve Wilkes. Second week in a row now the Rams will see a new coaching staff. What challenge does that present in terms of uh, scheme and preparation relative to uh, the Oakland Raiders week one contest? Well, I mean, you you have to get ready for, you know, each week each team is going to present challenges. And whatever hurts you in your first game, they're going to bring back the next week. Uh, so whatever... Derek Carr did well, or whatever you think you can get on the Rams, you're going to see that same approach out of the Cardinals. And defensively speaking, I mean, Jared Goff was absolutely clean, like you said, throughout the game. That's going to change. Chandler Jones is going to get home. He's that good. Now, how long that takes him to get there, it could be three and a half quarters before he breaks free, but at some point, you know he's going to be on top of the quarterback. Shout out to Greg Zerline for his NFC Special Teams Player of the Week honor. After missing early, he was nails the rest of the way, including a clutch 55-yarder in the fourth quarter. Uh, any concern about the kick return injuries? Farrell Cooper's going to be on the shelf for some time, it seems like. And Mike Thomas, his would-be backup, also injured. So the Rams add JoJo Natson to their roster this week, bringing him back after uh, he showed well in the preseason. Yeah, no concerns at all. I think uh, JoJo's going to do a great job. Uh, it just—it's it, baffling. <laughs> it's baffling to see your your starter and your backup kick return to go down in the same game. That rarely happens. Jojo may break one. Yeah, I mean, I just love that he gets a chance with Bones, and I love that Bones gets a challenge this early in the season because yeah. with a week to prepare, he always dials up something special. Uh, Farrell Cooper has been excellent. Natson brings some new life to that kick return unit and punt return as well. Um, I do agree with the decision of bringing in a return specialist as opposed to exposing Cooper Cup or another player who's in, say, your starting twenty-two to that type of situation. What about, well, I guess he did return kicks, so there's no problem there. JoJo can handle punt and kicks, but I just thought maybe, maybe, if you have a surplus of running backs, you might want to use one of them back there. Yeah, I would put Kelly back there, at least for a kickoff return. Yeah, he was inactive. The Rams rolling with only two backs in the opener. McVay saying that's not permanent moving forward, but uh, based on the way they utilized Tavon Austin as kind of a third wheel at running back last year, he felt they were okay going with just two for the opener. All right, final segment of Rams All Access coming up. We'll look around the wet, the rest of the West and update our picks. How did the guys perform in week one and who are their selections in week two? Final segment, Rams All Access after this. Quick inside the numbers before we get the NFC West picks for the week from DeMarco and MJD. A word on Patrick Peterson, who continues to play at an elite level now in his eighth season against the Rams he has six career interceptions twice as many as he has against any other franchise and he continues to be rarely tested last season he gave up a reception every 21.2 coverage snaps that set a new career best for him and it continues to rank among the best in professional football do the Rams attack him and how or do they just go to any of their numerous other options you know I'd make him prove it why not you got to make sure yeah. he's on his game. I'd make him prove it. I remember we were playing um, Darrell Revis, and one of our receivers had kind of came out and was talking trash about him. And he was exactly right. Our coaches were upset, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, coach, first of all, we're never scared of anyone. I've never stepped on the field and was ever scared of anyone. Uh, but I told the receiver, I was like, hey, we're going to take this shot. You better go get it. Right. Now, he didn't go get it. 
but the Reavers didn't pick it either. But it just put you just got to let them know. Like we yeah. gonna make sure that you you're doing your thing today. Let's give you a little bit of work. Scared money doesn't make any, uh, and you have confidence in your guys. Take a shot if you say you call Brandon Cooks on a go route versus Patrick Peterson, and you hit it. What do you think that does to their team? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, your best corner just got smoked. I remember when Kenny Britt went right around Daryl Revis. Yes. Same thing. It demoralized them and fired you up. Take a shot. Make them prove it. couple final minutes to make our NFC West picks. Uh, last week, uh, MJD with two correct selections, uh, Vikings and Denver. Uh, I had two correct selections, Vikings and Denver. We all lost on Arizona. And DeMarco only got uh, Minnesota over San Francisco. So you what was the other pick? Back. You went Seahawks on Oh, the I had road. Seahawks. Okay. The Seahawks are back on the road against the Chicago Bears, who had the Packers dead to rights at Lambeau. And then they some, just, some, they, they're some not new, ready yet. some new dude named Aaron Rodgers came oh, came out of the halftime locker room. I talked about this uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. He's just not, he's not, re- they're not ready yet. You know, when you have a team as a, as an organization, when you have a team like that, as a coaching staff, you put your foot on their throat. You go down there and you make you convert that third and one by running the ball. You go down there and you do certain things. They're just not ready to take that jump yet. They're almost there, but they're not there yet. Are they ready to take down the Seattle Seahawks as Seattle zigzags the country back to back road trips? How many sacks season? did Von Miller have? Three? He was like three. And about a dozen hits. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bears on this one. Okay. I'll take the Bears as well. Uh, home team all around. How about when San Francisco plays host to Detroit? I'm going to go we, San Fran. We were watching the early Monday night football game, <laughs> and your giggle says it all. Does Matt Patricia have that locker it's room? It's over. The mutiny has begun. Oh boy. It is bad. I, I've never seen a team just give up like that. I mean, literally, <laughs> they just stopped playing at one point. I the game, it's the fourth quarter, and, and one of the things you have to realize as an NFL player, everyone's watching this tape, not oh, yeah. just your team. I mean, for the Jets to run just a simple stretch uh, stretch play and the guy take it 70 yards was amazing. I mean, that was guys just not trying to get off blocks, guys just sticking. I mean, somehow, some way, they have to find a way to right the ship or the, the Patricia era is going to be over. Right. I would tend to say that. You know, players have egos and pride, and you just got stomped. And like you said, it goes around the league. So you're going to play better regardless of how you feel about your head coach. But I will take San Francisco over Detroit. They better get this one, speaking yeah. of the Niners, because, man. Oh, it's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, starting at Minnesota was very difficult, but uh, it doesn't get any easier. Still trips to Lambeau and Kansas City before we see them in San Francisco. Yeah, and, and the Chargers, I know we have the Chargers next week, and and. So and the the Niners will play them as well. I'm, I'm still concerned about what they have going on there. Is Bosa really going to be down? Right. It sounds think, like he's going to miss this week and maybe a couple more. Good. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, next week. But here's an opportunity for the Rams with three straight at home to finish out the month of September. Already alone atop the NFC West, they can put Sam Bradford and the Cardinals to bed early in this season and maybe get some help from Chicago based on our predictions. No doubt. Um, Take care of business one game at a time, but like you said, it's all shaping up to be your year. Uh, You just have to keep improving, keep getting better, and regardless of opposition or how you feel about who you're playing, just play your best game. And I bet your best game is good enough to beat most people. We'll talk to you from the Coliseum Sunday morning with our pregame coverage kickoff just after 1 o'clock week two against the Arizona Cardinals. This has been Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710.